For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Uh, I only speak to one person when it comes to all things MBL, and uh, that is our very good friend, Pete Hooley, who's been good enough to jump on the line. Pete, hello, mate. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Hey, what have you made of these uh, first couple of games? Obviously, the Kings were dominant in game one, and everybody gave Tassie a really big chance, especially with no Jalen Adams, but um, they just didn't get enough from their bench. Uh, They got 36 points from Adams, um, and then it wasn't much apart from him and they just could not get anything going in that final quarter, and, and Sydney were able to get the lead after Tassie led all through the game, uh, and they were able to steal it late. Yeah, look, I mean, it was it was Tassie's game, the season on the line, really, when you think about it. No team's ever come back from being down 2-0 in a five-game series, but having said that, it probably sets up for the perfect storyline for Tasmania, if any team was going to do it after what they've done this season. But, yeah, they... Had every chance. They kind of fired all their bullets in that game. And just a couple of the shot selection in the last four or so minutes, uh, probably they'd want back. But besides that, they still had plenty of opportunity to win the game. Josh Adams made two huge threes before Vasiljevic hit his three. And I'm sure it's a tough way to lose on your home floor. But now you've got to just find a way to take one game at a time and first worry about Wednesday night and try and steal one. Yeah, brilliant effort from Sydney, as you mentioned, and they, they sort of shared the load, didn't they, with Cooks at 20 and 11, and DJ had 20, Martin had 20 and 10, and, and DJ at the end came up big. I just want to ask you, what did you think when you heard the comments that he made after that since making that shot, he's actually received some death threats, which is really unsavoury. It's, it's, I mean, it just sort of breaks your heart that players are still subjected to rubbish like this. And and what you hope is that that wasn't from actual Tassie Jack Jumpers fans because they've enjoyed such an incredible first up season. The fans have really made the experience if they pack out their home court week in, week out to enjoy this incredible ride in just their first ever NBL season. But that's really concerning. I mean, it's concerning in every sport, uh, to be honest. But you heard him, what DJ came out and said that he got those messages and just deleted them and will laugh and move on. But the issue is it's it's happened in every sport now that uh, whether it starts on, on social media, but the, I think initially it started with DJ's response to the fans in the venue. And anytime you hit a big shot like that and the way that Tassie was getting stuck into Sydney as they do, any, time, any team, the emotions are going to flow. And uh, I think it was all part of the game. That's just part of the atmosphere you hit. He hit probably the biggest shot of his career, so he's going to feel good about that. Uh, and then afterwards, yeah, it's it's really something that we'd, we'd love to see stamped out of, of all sport, but I'm not sure how we do it because the social media, people hide behind troll accounts, fake accounts, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty disgusting just to, to hear some of them. I had plenty of them when I was playing. It still goes around, and especially when people bring family into it. That's what the one thing that just doesn't need to be done, and... I think really the only thing we can do in, in terms of it being at the venue is hold each other accountable. If, you, if you're sitting next to someone and you hear something that's not right, you've just got to let someone know and then they'll start dishing out a couple of bands uh, here and there and that's the only way we can try and stamp it out for now. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if they were actual Tassie Jack Jumpers fans. Uh, and, and anyone engaging in that sort of behaviour, you, you don't have the right to consider yourself a fan because fans are the lifeblood of the game. They're not trying; to, they don't try to take away from the game and rip the game down and rip the people involved in the game down. Uh, what, I want to ask you, Pete, 
Chase Buford had one of the all-time great tanties and put his foot through an LED sign. Now, he's got a $375 fine. It was reduced from $500. i am assuming that on top of that, Larry's sending him the invoice for 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 the for the LED that he's uh, put his size, I don't know, 11, 12 through? Look, yeah, he's, he's very lucky the referees weren't... It was down... They moved on past, so they didn't actually see what happened. Otherwise... He'd already had a technical foul, so I think he would have picked up a second one there uh, and been out of the game. Um, so I think he's very lucky they didn't see that, and I'm sure, yeah, that that invoice would get sent on. He's also lucky that those LED screens are all split up into little mini panels, so mm. he might have got away with what could have been a really more expensive bill. But, yeah, uh, he was heated in, in what turned out to be the right call. Uh, he, I mean, as in, he was disputing it because he was right, but that's just not the way to go about it in that moment. I'm sure if he had his time back, he'd... He'd want to think that one over. Um, but in the end, it's a good hit. I've ran into those signs before, and it takes a pretty good hit to do any sort of damage to him. Yeah, he really, I don't know if he played uh, soccer in, in a former life, or he might have been a, a, an a American football kicker. But he really had some power behind that. Hey, where do you see Sydney with the advantage? What, I mean, we were a bit stunned. We did, uh, we did game three together, you and I when Tassie were able to win that semi-final series against Melbourne United, and, and we just kept sort of waiting for Melbourne to come, and they and in the end it didn't happen. Um, where do you think that Sydney have got the advantage over Tassie? Oh, just their depth offensively. I think that's where they managed to get the win uh, over Melbourne United in the, in the series because you look at Melbourne United offensively, their weapons, uh, we know Chris Gold didn't play the last game, but just over the series... You've got to try and, and combat your offensive weapons against Chris Golding and Joe Lualachul. Now, he didn't play game three, so really you're just worried about the offensive output of Joe Lualachul. Then you get to the Sydney Kings team. You've got Jalen Adams. I know he's hurt right now, but then you've got Xavier Cooks couple points on the board, Jarrell Martin, Vasiljevic, Ian Clark. So you've got so many offensive weapons that it's just a different beast uh, than they played in the semifinals. For Tassie, what, what have they got? I mean, what... What's the number one thing they need to correct first and foremost if there's any chance of taking this beyond game three, Pete? Well, they've got to make their easy shots. They had plenty of opportunities, some wide open ones down the, uh, throughout the game that they didn't make and that forced them into taking some poor shots when things got a little anxious down the stretch and that's playing right into Sydney's hands. And look, it's an almighty challenge to go to Sydney. They're, they're set up to have the... Uh, the all-time record for a grand final crowd. Kudos Bank Arena, that place will be going pretty crazy after especially all the events over the last few days. Um, so it's going to be an almighty challenge for them to do it. But as we've said, that any time their back's against the wall, the Jack Jacktowers just seem to find a way. So I'm looking forward to watching. I don't know if you've been across um, the events of today and whether you've been following the Liz Cambridge story um, had jumped onto a, an interview and spoke about how living her best life and not getting any, and how she never got any support from Basketball Australia, from the Opals. Uh, we understand what happened um, in the Nigerian game before the Olympics when they were doing their, 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 their pre-Olympic games, their warm-up games uh, in the US, the, 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 the fight that was started. And um, it was General Hay that gave some insight into that over the weekend on the outsiders, uh, confirming what she was asked by Kelly Underwood, whether um, Liz had said to the Nigerian players, go back to your third world country. Since then, Andrew Bogut said what she really said is much worse. I don't know if you heard Andrew Gaze today, but he really um, came out quite strongly 
saying that the slurs were actually worse than what was being reported and more disgusting. And he found it highly offensive given he personally had tried to be someone who'd supported Liz over the journey and how he felt her comments were disrespectful to anyone that had pulled on uh, the, the Opals or the Boomers or any Australian representative uh, singlet. Have you followed this story, Pete? And, and how are you feeling about it? Yeah, look, I mean, very closely. Um, I'm pretty close with a lot of the Opals girls uh, throughout the, the course of their careers. Um, I knew them all, uh, a lot of them from uh, state uh, years growing up, and you just get in that circle. And, and yeah, obviously anyone who, who was in that basketball circle heard what went down at the time it went down. But again, you see a lot of people now saying, well, why didn't anyone else like Andrew Gaze or anyone who knows anything like Bogut come out and, and say what happened? But unfortunately, I mean, it went to... An investigation it's not really their place to do that but yeah i know look i know a lot of the opals girls and, and heard what had happened and it is, it is just disappointing is the word to use it is it's just a really sad situation that um that that team and, and that group of women and that what they're striving for don't shouldn't have to deal with um and it is sad for obviously australian basketball because as as gazy said i did listen today i thought he spoke excellently there's no doubt that she's one of the best players in the world and Every time she did put on the green and gold, it put Australia with a chance to win a gold medal. So that's what is disappointing. But uh, just all that I know, and just from the from what I've been around, that she, he's right with how much support she she had across the journey, and I know that he reached out, and there was plenty of uh, the the women on the team who, who had done the same. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tough. But now they've got a World Cup to to really focus on, and. Um, who knows what will happen uh, in that with that team makeup? But I'm sure they'll be coming together pretty strongly to try and get a good result. And I would never dismiss anyone's if that's Liz's view that that's her experience. And who am I to dismiss that out of hand? And I've, I'm not I'm not close enough to be able to dispute that. But it does seem strange to me, having done those Opals games at the Olympics, Pete, um, with Chris Anstey, and we're sitting in here, and 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 nothing was really working for the Opals. And I remember asking him on air. What are we seeing here? Australia in the top two teams in the world um, in terms of how they've performed over a long period of time. It's really the Opals in the US who you think, well, you pencil them in for a medal uh, each and every tournament. And Chris just said, well, the whole structure, the whole team, everything has been set up to revolve around Liz. So the whole setup of this is all aimed at Liz having been in the paint and we everything rolled out from there. And then when you take her out, you almost had to put a whole new squad together to, to strike the right balance. So it seems strange that someone says there's no support for me, but yet a whole team structure was set up around her. Well, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, and for people who aren't aware with any of the, how the national program works, um, depending on who's in charge at the time, uh, all, all the game plan, but all of, all of that culture side of things starts long before any tournament. So... Uh, I think I heard it was General or one of the other Opals say how it was seven days before the Olympics that uh, she decided not to go and to ju- it just threw all of that out of whack because Chris would have been right. It's, their whole game plan on the court was designed around how, how to make her be her best and to help Australia win a gold medal. So to throw that all out the window and start from scratch with a group designed to succeed all around her, it was never going to work. So now they have a, a long time to be able to prep for what's coming up in, in Sydney in the World Cup and they can change things a little bit and try and attack it in a different way. And who knows, could be one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time in Lauren Jackson, who um, might just make that incredible return, doing some very good things in the NBA one. Uh, any thoughts from the NBA results today, Pete? 
Um, Philly evening it up the series to all with Miami. James Harden finally showing why the 76ers uh, were, were so keen to get him. He went off with 31 points. Butler had 40 for the Heat, but the last quarter of Harden and Joel Embiid coming back and, and, and doing Joel Embiid things. And Dallas and Phoenix are now two all, but that was pretty unsavory as well. Those scenes of Chris Paul and, and finding out that his family had, had there'd been a physical encounter where people had laid hands on his mother and his sister. Um, that's um, that's disturbing to say the least. Oh no doubt, I saw that one before all the stuff that happened with, with DJ before I spoke to him, and it's the same thing. Of it's just got to get to a point in time where. Uh, we know there's plenty of bad eggs in the world, but if you can't bring yourself to not crossing the line when you go to a sporting event, then you just can't go. That's just the bottom line. And let's be honest, that line is not that blurry. You can go, you can no, be passionate, it's pretty clear. Supportive. You can boo. And look, a lot of players like when you trash talk, if you, if you do. And there's a clear line of what's okay and what's not okay when it comes to trash talking opposition. So if you just think that you can't stay within that boundary, then sport's not for you, unfortunately. Maybe you just have to stay at home or go to a pub and yell at a TV. So... Yeah, it's really disappointing, and and the problem is we're starting to see it more and more, and and we're starting to see players when it happens to them, not with the Chris Paul, but they're starting to react, and we don't have to get to a point that we remember the malice in the palace because that's the last thing that's going to be good for anybody else. But uh, players seem to have had enough, so I think everybody's just got to try and hold everybody else accountable, and hopefully we can just try and stamp it out slowly but surely. Because Pete, the the you make a great point because one of the things some very few sports have something and people might argue with this but there are some sports just have something they can offer that no other sport can and for basketball that is you you can literally reach out and touch not that we want you to but you can literally reach out and touch the player in front of you if you're sitting close like the the, the proximity to the player and to the action in in basketball is like no other sport in the world and if things like this keep happening then you have to take measures and something that would be an incredible shame would be to start to reduce that proximity to the action out of fear of something escalating. Well, no, you're exactly right, which is more to the point of in venue. I think anybody who hears anything, uh, you just have to hold that person accountable and you obviously notify someone or the club as quick as possible that people like that start getting banned. And it's not as though you get a mistake or a warning. You do something that's completely out of line, then you're going to be done from sporting event it's, it's just that simple and because uh, the other way is you, you're telling everybody that when you go to a game you've got to envision that you're sitting next to a, a young child or your child or how would you like to have that be said to one of your kids and a lot of people that won't really bother so I think it's just up to everybody else as soon as it's said is hold that person accountable get them a life ban and if they get enough life bans and they can't end up anywhere and hopefully good things can happen. Mate, love your work. Always enjoy catching up with you. Uh, we'll see you in action uh, as well if Game 3 goes longer, Game 4, and hopefully for the series point of view, a Game 5. But Sydney uh, almost, well, I've got about nine fingers uh, around the trophy at the moment, um, but we're looking forward to Game 3 on Wednesday night. We'll speak to you soon, my friend. Thanks, mate. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.